The tomb is empty. The grave clothes are folded. The Alleluia's are alive and Jesus is risen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed, Alleluia. Friends, welcome to our Easter Sunday morning service. It's good that we can be together. May God bless you, whether you're sat at home, in the garden, or watching this on your phone in the car, hopefully not driving. May you know the near presence and the grace of God. We listen to our first hymn, played for us by Adrian Pallant, Christ is Alive. Christ is alive, let Christians sing. The cross stands empty to the sky. Let streets and homes with praises ring. Love drowned in death shall never die. Christ is alive, no longer bound to distant years in Palestine. But saving, healing here and now, and touching every place and time. In every insult, rift and war, where color, scorn, or wealth divide, Christ suffers still, yet loves the more, and lives where even hope has died. Women and men in age and youth can feel the Spirit, hear the call, and find the way, the life, the truth, Revealed in Jesus, freed for all. Christ is alive and comes to bring Good news to this and every age Till earth and sky and ocean ring With joy, with justice, love and So um, there's one thing we're going to miss this year. Um, it's become part of our tradition. Um, wherever you've been with me on a Easter Sunday morning, there's always been a, an Easter egg hunt. And sadly, we can't do that. So I kind of did my own in the office. Um, I kind of hid some eggs around for me. Um, and then I closed my eyes and, and, I, and I spun around. And I, I keep, just keep finding them. It's quite amazing. I uh, just keep finding eggs all in my office. It's quite, um, quite brilliant, really. Um, I hid them well. But, you know, I still found them. Pretty good. The empty tomb, the empty tomb for us, he is risen. Friends, let us pray. Fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore. Lord Jesus Christ, come stand among us, that we might see you by your side 
that we might hear you call our names, that we might now on this heady day of joy be still right now and know that you are God. We give you heartfelt thanks from our full hearts. Risen Lord, we are the Easter people and Alleluia is our song. We are the Easter people come to worship, released from tombs of pain and doubt and fear and death into the freedom of this new day and its promise of hope fulfilled. We are the Easter people emerging into the brightness of faith, blinking, questioning, wondering, hoping, come to us into the garden of our lives and touch all that is barren and wasted and dried with your healing hand. Forgive our half-lived lives, our broken promises and our failed kindness. Call to us by our name, that we might turn from all that limits and burdens us and lift us into the forgiveness and freedom that you offer. Open the gateways of our hearts and minds and call us out into your world to be embraced by your unfailing and renewing mercy. Today in silence, prayer and song, may we encounter Jesus and his grace. For we are the Easter people, Alleluia is our song. Through Jesus Christ, our risen Lord, we pray. Amen. We listen now to our scripture from John's Gospel, John chapter 20, verses 1 to 16, read to us by Jill Clayton. The Empty Tomb Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus's head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not re realise that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, 
Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary? She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jill, thank you for our reading. Let's listen and sing along to this wonderful, uplifting song, See What a Morning. What a morning, gloriously bright With the dawning of hope in Jerusalem Folded the grave, tomb filled with light As the angels announced Christ is risen See God's salvation plan Brought in love, born in pain Paid in sacrifice Fulfilled in Christ the man For he lives, Christ is risen from the dead See Mary weeping, where is he laid? As in sorrow she turns from the empty tomb Hears a voice speaking Calling a name, it's the Master, the Lord, raised to life again. The voice that spans the years, speaking life, stirring hope, bringing peace to us. Will sound till He appears, for He lives, Christ is risen from the dead. One with the Father, ancient of days, through the Spirit who clothes faith with certainty. Honor and blessing, glory and praise to the King, crowned with power and authority. And we are raised with Him, death is dead, love has won. Christ has conquered and we shall reign with him for he lives Christ is risen from the dead Christ is risen Hi Brian, what does Easter mean to you? 
it's a nice time to relax with the family and have some rest time. Penny, what does Easter mean for you? Well, Easter is uh, a, it's like a new spring every year for me uh, that uh, I look forward to. Hi Vanessa, what does Easter mean for you? To me, um, each year because I work and I have a family, it's a nice four day break and quality family time. Mikey, what does uh, Easter mean to you? Loads of lovely Easter eggs, chocolate. Hi Rick, what does Easter mean for you Rick? Uh, Easter, of course, the, the, the obvious with the chocolate, but I think it's a time for reflection certainly on the winter months that have gone before. Um, and the year that's gone before and it's new beginnings, spring's on its way, summer's on its way and it's a time to look forward. Hi Jill, what does Easter mean for you? Easter is hope, eternal life, there isn't saviour. Easter is what Jesus came to do for us, what God sent him to do so that we might be saved so that our lives might be transformed here on earth, that we can choose a different path away from the materialism and um, some of the things in life that we find hard. And uh, Easter is such a moment of hope, a joyful expectation of love abounding, love and life eternal. Living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far away, rising he justified, freely forever, one day he's coming, oh glorious day, oh glorious is risen. He's risen. He is risen. Do you recall what the first words of Jesus were after he left the tomb? Woman, why are you crying? She responds, they've taken my Lord away and I don't know, I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realise that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Let's remind ourselves that these women left the upper room. They left their disciples there and they went to the tomb. And when they got there, they found a shocking discovery unexpected and amidst the breathlessness and shock the other disciples run back to the upper room but Mary stays there exhausted waiting she glances into the empty tomb the grave clothes are folded and everything just pours out we're told that she cries actually I suspect she wails her cry is uncontrollable. It all comes out. The memories, the respect, the love, all that she's experienced just gushes out. The pain, the cruelty she's seen and the loss. It's a deep loss that she feels and it just flows out. There is no normal grief process. 
we all experience grief differently. But for here in their tradition, there's no procession to the family home after burial to honour the loved one. Could that have been the upper room where they spoke the Kaddish, where they mourned together? Did they tear their clothes on the sleeve or across their heart? Do they have the meal of condolence? That's their tradition. The last meal was the last supper and now will they have this meal of condolence when they talk about Jesus and their love for him? In Jewish rites, the mourners stay at home for seven days after the burial. It's called the Shiva. And they only venture out, if they do, to attend the tomb. So what these women do was part of their tradition. They go to the tomb. They pay their respects. And whilst there she sobs, it comes from deep within and the whole body begins to shake. We know that kind of grief. We've lived or are living through that kind of grief. Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? It's a sensible question if you're asking it, but for Mary, with her frame of reference, it's a stupid question. It was obvious why she was crying. Someone dear to her died. Someone dear to her had been executed in a most horrific and humiliating way. And now, now it hasn't ended because now his body's missing. Why do you think I'm crying? I'm sure that was going through her mind. But in her words, she explains. They've taken my Lord away and, and I don't know where they've put him. Though she didn't know who they were, she knew that someone must have been behind it. In Mary's frame of reference, it was a stupid question. But in the frame of reference of the angels and of the risen Lord, it wasn't. It's a sensible question. From their perspective, they knew that what Jesus had prophesied had come true. Yes, he'd been killed, but three days later, he'd come back to life. It didn't make sense to them that Mary and the other disciples were looking for Jesus' body in the tomb. He's risen. To them, it was totally inappropriate to have tears being shed at the empty tomb. Woman, why are you crying? Woman, don't you remember what Jesus said would happen? Doesn't anyone believe that Jesus is alive? Is there not one among the followers who believed Jesus' words? The Gospels make it clear that none of the disciples had grasped the possibility of Jesus coming back to life. Similarly, a resurrection of the explanation for the shocking course of events was the furthest thing from Mary's mind. She was looking for a lifeless body in a cold tomb. But instead, she should be looking for a victorious and living Lord out in the world. How often do we fail to see who Jesus really is and therefore ask the wrong questions or fail to even exhibit faith? When something bad happens to us in our world, what do we ask? Well, quite often we ask the question, why? We all do it. But often this line of questioning indicates that we don't understand who Jesus really is. In the midst of pain and grief, some draw close to God and others walk away. Mary's concept was too small, yet Jesus met her at her point of need. In answer to her questions about the location of the body, Jesus responds with sensitive affirmation. 
all Jesus says is one word. Mary. Her name. I don't know whether it's the way that Jesus said it or whether the tears were clearing from her eyes, but Mary immediately focuses and recognises who it is that's asking the question and who it is that's standing outside the tomb. It isn't the gardener. It was Jesus. And with joy and relief, she turns and calls out, Teacher. Jesus' words was a sensitive one, which carried tremendous power. Remember when he taught about the shepherd, the good shepherd opens the gate and the sheep listens to his voice. He calls each by their name. He knows her name. He knows our name, our pain, our shame. He knows Mary and he knows us. For Mary, that was the best word that could ever have been spoken. It remade her world and transformed her life forever. It demonstrated the fact that Jesus still cared for her, that he was still there for her. Upon hearing it, Mary believed. She wanted to go towards him. She goes to hold him, or perhaps she even goes to her knees and just falls at his feet, the feet of this respected teacher. And then Jesus makes a strange request. In the past, it's been a, a physical friendship and relationship. They can touch, they can see, they can hear, they can smell Jesus. But from here on, that relationship will not be physical, but spiritual. He would no longer be known by sight or by the sound of his voice, but by faith. In the next couple of weeks, Jesus appears occasionally in physical form to his disciples. But after his ascension, his physical presence is replaced by a spiritual presence of the Holy Spirit. And our relationship with Jesus is now spiritual. And Mary had to learn this. Jesus said, do not hold on to me. I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. The cross and the empty tomb have an incredible message. They are filled with hope and power and we need to go and tell the world. The power and success of this commission does not rest in our ability and power as messengers. It lies in the power and truth of the gospel message. There's a poem that describes what must have gone through Mary's mind when Jesus commissioned her. Let's listen to it now. How can I tell that we've all been set free? I'm only a woman. They won't listen to me. I saw him, the one we all thought was dead. They'll think I'm imagining out of my head. I talked with Jesus, I knelt at his feet. My master's alive, will the others believe? Will they beat me or scoff at me, put me away? It's my duty to tell, but what will they say? Despite her fear, Mary went and told the good news. Do you have the same attitude of Mary? It is our call, our duty to tell others about the power and victory of the cross and empty tomb. Are you doing it? Are you sharing with others? Or do we just sit clinging to Jesus' feet? Easter gives us a wonderful opportunity to remind ourselves of these things. 
this Easter, let's reflect on these first words of Jesus at his resurrection and let's look for the Christ. Jesus dispels the grief of mourning, no Shiva, no 30 day period. Jesus removes the sting of death and the women. They go to the tomb and then they go back to the disciples and at first they don't believe them. It's not, it's not the first time or the last time in history that women won't be believed. But today we live out the truth. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. Alleluia. The beat of life is stronger than the crush of death. The rising of the dawn is louder than the roll of stone. The folding of grave clothes is noisier than the hammer of nails. For each is full of alleluias. And the shout of alleluia is more enduring than the shouts of crucify. You are alive and we are alive in you. The belief of Mary is greater than the sentence of Pilate. The surprise of the disciples is more telling than the torture of the guards. The silence of Sunday is louder than the clamour of Friday. For each is full of alleluias. And the shout of alleluia is more enduring than the shout of crucify. You are alive. And we are alive in you. Let us pray. We pray that our risen Saviour may fill us and remind us of hope and life in full abundance. We pray that isolated and persecuted churches may find fresh strength in the good news of Easter. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, grant us humility to be subject to one another in Christian love, united in your commission and call of revealing you to others. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all who lack food, work or shelter, that by grace and world difference, war and famine may cease. Cause us to rise in seeking justice and peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. May the light of your presence be with all who are sick, the weak and the dying, to comfort and strengthen them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. May your Holy Spirit enable us to be faithful witnesses to your glory and resurrection. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, you have delivered us from the power of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of your Son. As we are brought into life through Jesus, may his presence bring us joy, grace and hope. In his name. Amen. So we listen and we sing the Lord's Prayer. Daily. 
trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thy
this is the victory thou or death hast won. There is no longer silence because everything is full of hallelujahs. Go into the world and seek out the patterns of life across all gravestones. Step into tomorrow, knowing it has already been taken care of, and find the one beside you who's made it all possible. In his name. Amen. Friends, have a most glorious Easter Sunday. I'm going to have one of my eggs. Take care. May God bless you. Happy Easter. Thine be the glory, risen, conquering Son. Endless is the victory, thou ordain.